Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 1. The word that hath been unto Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. It is the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Jehoiakim was the third to the last king of Israel, and he was king while Nebuchadnezzar was king in Babylon. And this is when Jeremiah had this word from the Lord. In Jeremiah's time, Jehoiachin will be the next king, and then Zedekiah will be the last king of Judah. 2. Which Jeremiah the prophet hath spoken concerning all the people of Judah, even unto all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Jeremiah not only received this prophecy from the Lord, but he also spoke it to the people. Today prophets will commonly use a phrase that is found nowhere in the Bible, and they will say, The Lord has told me not to release this yet. And all it is is a cliffhanger, so that you'll tune into their program next week to try to see if the Lord is going to release the prophecy next week. In the Bible, when the Lord gave a prophet a word, he told them to go speak it immediately. You don't see anyone in the scripture saying, The Lord told me, but I'm not allowed to release it yet. And here Jeremiah immediately tells the people what the Lord told him. 3. From the thirteenth year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, and unto this day, this three and twentieth year, hath the word of Jehovah been unto me. And I speak unto you, rising early and speaking, and ye have not hearkened. Jeremiah keeps telling the people to repent, but they won't listen. He started telling them when Josiah was king. All of these kings were king for a very short time, and that's why they were all king during Jeremiah's lifetime. So Josiah was king first, now Jehoiakim is king. 4. And Jehovah hath sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending, and ye have not hearkened, nor inclined your ear to hear, saying, The Lord sent true prophets who told the people to repent and many of them were persecuted, imprisoned, and killed. And Jeremiah has already been put in the stocks once, because he prophesied the true word of the Lord. But Jeremiah is now going to tell them what the Lord wanted them to hear. 5. Turn back, I pray you, each from his evil way, and from the evil of your doings, and dwell on the ground that Jehovah hath given to you, to your fathers from age unto age. In the Bible, every single prophet told the people to repent. But in the modern day, nearly every single prophet tells the people that God adores them and dances over them and sings over them and loves them and decorates himself with them. But they don't tell people to repent. They tell people, you're awesome the way you are and God is so in love with you just the way you are. Now that's the message that the false prophets were giving in Jerusalem, but Jeremiah was giving a true message saying, You are sinners who must repent. 6. And ye do not go after other gods to serve them, and to bow yourselves to them, nor do ye provoke me to anger with the work of your hands, and I do no evil to you. 
The Lord says, I won't send disaster to you personally if you repent of your sins and stop worshiping false idols. The disaster is only coming to those who don't repent. Some people might say, well, how could God save the ones who didn't repent if all of Jerusalem was going to get ransacked by the Babylonians? But God has ways, and he arranged it that the people who willingly left Jerusalem in repentance would go into the lands of the Chaldeans, and their lives would be preserved, and they would one day return to Jerusalem. But those who were stubborn in their sin and stood their ground in Jerusalem, they were attacked and killed. 7. And ye have not hearkened unto me an affirmation of Jehovah so as to provoke me to anger with the work of your hands for evil to you. The Lord says you won't repent, and that is why I am bringing evil to you. God does bring evil into our lives. It isn't for malicious intent. It isn't to lead us astray and cause us to sin, such as the evil that Satan brings into our lives. Instead, it's bad circumstances to punish us so that we will repent. Satan will bring an abusive person in your life who leads you down the wrong path into addiction and abuse and false religion, perhaps. So that's malicious evil brought by Satan. But the Lord, when you are in rebellion to him and you refuse to repent, he will bring a different kind of evil strictly for punishment. And it won't cause you to sin. The end result if you're listening to the Lord, is that it will cause you to repent, such as he'll allow the cops to arrest you for a DUI instead of letting you get away with it, or he'll allow the IRS to knock on your door, or a neighbor to present you with a lawsuit, or a family member to walk away from you, because all of these are going to be red flags that you have issues that you need to work on. That's the difference between the evil that God sends, and the evil that Satan sends. 8. Therefore, thus said Jehovah of hosts, because that ye have not obeyed my words. 9. Lo, I am sending, and have taken all the families of the north, an affirmation of Jehovah, even unto Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, my servant, and have brought them in against this land, and against its inhabitants, and against all these nations round about, and have devoted them, and appointed them for an astonishment, and for a hissing, and for wastes age during. Age during means forever. The Lord is saying that he is going to have the Babylonians capture the Israelites on the north side of Judah first, if they haven't repented. They will go into Babylon, and a lot of them will be killed along the way and they will have a name of shame on them for the rest of their lives. It will be a legacy of shame. He called Nebuchadnezzar his servant, and Nebuchadnezzar was a full-blown pagan. That's because God ultimately is in control of everything, and he can even use a pagan to work his will. That doesn't mean that the pagan won't stand judgment one day and be sent into the fiery pit, but The Lord can still use evil people to ultimately work out his will for the entire world. The Lord can also use a donkey and make a donkey talk. And the Lord can set up a woman as a judge over a land. So he can use anybody, good or bad. 10. 
and I have destroyed from them the voice of rejoicing and the voice of joy, voice of bridegroom and voice of bride, noise of millstones and the light of lamps. The Lord says there won't be any more weddings going on. There won't be spouses available or the resources to have a wedding. Nobody will have a light in their home. There won't be resources for that because people will be dead. And nobody will be grinding flour to make bread because the resources will be gone and the people who would have ground the flour and the people who would have eaten it will be dead or captured. 11. And all this land hath been for a waste, for an astonishment, and these nations have served the king of Babylon seventy years. Seventy is not an accidental number. There were seventy people in Joseph's family who went into Egypt for four hundred plus years to avoid the famine at that time. And when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt, the first place that they stopped to rest was an area that had seventy palm trees and twelve wells, representing the original seventy people who went into Egypt and the twelve tribes who came out. Also in the book of Daniel we'll be reading that it will take seventy weeks to work out the salvation that the Lord sends for the earth. It took seventy weeks for salvation to be revealed on this planet through Jesus Christ, and we will go over that. And now he's saying that because of your sin, I'm going to exile you into Babylon for 70 years. And I also believe this is connected to all of the yearly Sabbaths that they had ignored, because the Bible told us earlier that they had ignored 70 years of Sabbaths in the land. So the Lord was going to punish them by desolating the land and taking them out of it for 70 years. Every seventh year, according to God's law, is a yearly Sabbath. And during that yearly Sabbath, for that entire year, the Israelites were commanded not to plant, not to harvest, and to only forage for food. They weren't allowed to farm. And this was because they had to show that they trusted the Lord to provide for their needs. And he, in turn, would make plenty of food for them to forage so that they would never go hungry. During that seventh year, they also were commanded to set their slaves free, but they weren't doing it. They were forcing people to keep working, and they were forcing the land to continue being used agriculturally so that the land could not rest. This is another reason why they're exiled for 70 years. 12. And it hath come to pass, at the fullness of 70 years, I charge against the king of Babylon and against that nation an affirmation of Jehovah, their iniquity, and against the land of the Chaldeans, and have appointed it for desolation, age during. The Lord says, you'll be exiled into Babylon for 70 years. The Chaldeans were different than the Babylonians, but they all lived in the same area. He says, you'll go into their land, but after 70 years of you getting punished, then I'm going to annihilate them and punish them. And that's why the kingdom of Babylon fell. It was the first and the greatest kingdom in all of the world that has ever existed, but it fell after 70 years of the Jews being exiled into it. 13. And I have brought in on that land all my words that I have spoken against it, 
all that is written in this book that Jeremiah hath prophesied concerning all the nations. 14. For laid service on them also them have many nations and great kings, and I have given recompense to them according to their doing and according to the work of their hands. This is talking about the next empire that will come about after Babylon, and that will be the empire of the Persians and the Medes. The new empire will punish the old empire and conquer it. Babylon was the greatest empire that ever existed, and then the Persians conquered it, but the Persians were not as powerful as the Babylonians. And then the Greeks conquered Persia, but the Greeks were not as powerful as the Persians, and so forth, until you get to the Antichrist in the end times, who controls the whole world, but he still doesn't have as much power as the original Babylon had. 15. For thus said Jehovah, God of Israel, unto me, Take the wine cup of this fury out of my hand, and thou hast caused all the nations to drink it, unto whom I am sending thee. The Lord tells Jeremiah himself to take the wine cup out of God's hand and present it to the nations. He's telling Jeremiah to prophesy to the nations that they will be destroyed by the Lord. So Jeremiah is prophesying not only to Judah, but also to Babylon and the Persians who will come later, and the Medes. 16. And they have drunk, and shaken themselves, and shown themselves foolish, because of the sword that I am sending among them. When the Lord comes to attack the Babylonians, and the Persians, and the Medes, they will be totally incapable of defending themselves. It will be like attacking a drunk person. 17. And I take the cup out of the hand of Jehovah, and cause all the nations to drink, unto whom Jehovah sent me. This is a vision. I don't know if Jeremiah was translated to heaven to do this, or if it's a vision and he's still on earth, but the Lord does physically have him take a cup out of the Lord's hand, and hold it up to the nations. 18. Jerusalem, and the cities of Judah, and its kings, its heads, to give them to waste, to astonishment, to hissing, and to reviling, as at this day. Reviling is when you talk bad about somebody, and the people of Judah will be talked bad about by all of the nations, and they will be an example to all of the nations of the Lord's wrath. 19. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his servants, and his heads, and all his people. 20. And all the mixed people, and all the kings of the land of Uz, and all the kings of the land of the Philistines, and Ashkelon, and Gaza, and Ekron, and the remnant of Ashdod. The Lord is going to destroy all of these pagan capitals and kingdoms. The Philistines are mentioned here, and Gaza. The people who live in Gaza today claim that they are descendants of the Philistines, but there are no descendants of the Philistines. They were wiped out completely by the Lord. Historians know this to be a fact, that there are no descendants of the Philistines, and yet they allow the people in Gaza to call themselves descendants. That's what Palestine means. It's a derivation of the word Philistines. 21. Edom and Moab and the sons of Ammon. 
Moab and Ammon are the sons of Lot, who was a nephew of Abraham. They're related to the Israelites, but they're not Israelites. And Edom was the brother of Jacob. His children also are related to the Israelites, but they're not Israelites. And all three of those tribes were pagan. 22. And all the kings of Tyre, and all the kings of Zidon, and the kings of the isle that is beyond the sea. The isle beyond the sea could be the coastlands in general. It probably is an island somewhere near the Mediterranean, one of the islands off Italy, or it could be an island closer to Israel. 23. Dedan and Tema and Buzz and all cutting the corners of the beard. In the Bible, pagans cut the corners of their beard. It's no longer a sin to cut the corners of your beard because today, if you cut your beard, it has nothing to do with any religion. The only reason that the Lord told them not to do it in ancient times was because it was a religious practice of the pagans. 24. And all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the mixed people, who are dwelling in the wilderness. 25. And all the kings of Zimri, and all the kings of Elam, and all the kings of Media. 26. And all the kings of the north, the near, and the far off, one unto another and all the kingdoms of the earth, that are on the face of the ground, and King Sheshak drinketh after them. All of them are metaphorically drinking out of this cup of God's wrath, which means that the Lord is going to send great destruction to them, and take them out of power. 27. And thou hast said unto them, Thus said Jehovah of hosts, God of Israel, Drink ye, yea, drink abundantly, and vomit, and fall, and rise not, because of the sword that I am sending among you. The metaphor is that they're all drinking wine, but it's the wine of God's wrath. They're vomiting and staggering, just like somebody who would drink and get drunk from alcohol. And they can't defend themselves, just like somebody who would be drunk from alcohol. 28. And it hath come to pass, when they refuse to receive the cup out of thy hand to drink, that thou hast said unto them, Thus said Jehovah of hosts, Ye do certainly drink. Many people would refuse the prophecy of Jeremiah, and he is to tell them, Oh no, you're going to receive this prophecy. You are going to receive the wrath of God. So Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations. He may not have traveled to super far distances, but he could have sent letters, or there also could have been nation representatives that came and spoke to him, because at one point he would be the only prophet left in Judah, because the others would get hauled off or killed. The Lord constantly describes himself as the Lord of hosts, which means the Lord of angel armies. There is no God anywhere that commands the angels except for the one true God. And the pagan gods don't even claim to command the angels. 29. For lo, in the city over which my name is called, I am beginning to do evil, and ye, ye are entirely acquitted, ye are not acquitted, for a sword I am proclaiming, for all inhabitants of the land, an affirmation of Jehovah of hosts. The Lord says, this city, Jerusalem, has my name on it, but I am not going to acquit this city, 
He says, you are guilty, and you will be punished. 30. And thou, thou dost prophesy unto them all these words, and hast said unto them, Jehovah from the high place doth roar, and from his holy habitation giveth forth his voice. He surely roareth for his habitation. A shout as of the treaders down, God answereth all the inhabitants of the land. This says that God is roaring from heaven. It's a battle cry. He's going to wreak havoc on the world for all of its sins. After the flood, he promised that he would never flood the earth again. But here, he's making a promise that he is going to make war all over the earth. And that is what happened. 31. Wasting hath come unto the end of the earth, for a controversy hath Jehovah with nations. He hath executed judgment for all flesh, the wicked. He hath given them to the sword, an affirmation of Jehovah. This was a point in time where God brought war to all of the nations and destruction. This also mimics what will happen in the Great Tribulation. The Lord again will attack the entire world at once, specifically all of those people who hate him. 32. Thus said Jehovah of hosts, Lo, evil is going out from nation to nation, and a great whirlwind is stirred up from the sides of the earth. This evil is war itself, where many, many people are going to die. Nations will fight against each other, but it's all under the Lord's hand, and he is punishing all of those nations. And this will go out like a tornado. 33. And the pierced of Jehovah have been in that day, from the end of the earth even unto the end of the earth. They are not lamented, nor gathered, nor buried, for dung on the face of the ground they are. There will be so many people dead that they won't receive proper burials. Their corpses will rot on the ground. The same thing is going to happen during the Great Tribulation. There will be so many dead people that there won't be anyone to bury them. 34. Howl, ye shepherds, and cry, and roll yourselves, ye honorable of the flock, for full have been your days, for slaughtering and for your scatterings, and ye have fallen as a desirable vessel. When it says full have been your days, it means your time is up. And he is specifically talking to the religious leaders of Jerusalem, telling them that you need to weep and well because the game is up and now you're going to get punished for taking advantage of the flock instead of teaching them the word of God. There's many teachers and pastors and so-called prophets today who are billionaires and millionaires, and they've made a whole lot of money off of us, and they have been feeding off of us instead of teaching us the true word of the Lord. What they would rather teach is that the Lord loves us the way we are, we're awesome, we're blessed, we're going to have all of our dreams and desires fulfilled. And by saying these things, they get a lot of money, but they don't teach people to repent of their sins. So this is the fate for false shepherds in the end times as well. 35. And perished hath refuge from the shepherds, and escape from the honorable of the flock. 36. A voices of the cry of the shepherds, and a howling of the honorable of the flock, for Jehovah is spoiling their pasture. 
The shepherd is supposed to lead the sheep to the pasture where the sheep can eat, which means that religious teachers are supposed to teach us the commandments of God, which we consume and then obey. They were using the Bible or the scripture instead to teach apostasy and false religion and to get more money for themselves, which is what you see a lot of shepherds doing today. Not all of them, certainly, but there's a lot of shepherds out there who are rich and famous because they nitpick Bible verses out of context and promise people a bunch of promises and blessings. They ignore the context of the passage, which is telling people to repent. The religious leaders in Jeremiah's time were doing the exact same thing. And the Lord says he's going to destroy their pasture. Everything that they used to gain power and influence, the Lord is going to use against them. 37. And the peaceable habitations have been cut down because of the fierceness of the anger of Jehovah. There won't be any safe place to rest or hide. 38. He hath forsaken as a young lion his covert. Surely their land hath become a desolation because of the oppressing fierceness and because of the fierceness of his anger. As an angry lion, the Lord is going to turn his back on his people and their land is going to be desolate because of his anger. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 25.